Hi, everyone. It's Steven Schleicher from Majorspoilers.com, and I want to thank you for checking out this week's episode of Critical Hit. And I want to take a moment and I want to thank all of our patrons, because quite honestly, we wouldn't be able to do this show week after week, month after month, year after year, to the point where we have become one of the longest running, continuous real play podcasts out there. And we're so thankful to all of our patrons for making that happen. But we are at a point at major spoilers and critical hit where that may not be feasible anymore because we need more of you, our fine listeners from all over the world, whether you're in Germany or Scandinavia or Australia or yes, even Japan and China. We need more of you to join our growing group of awesome spoilerites at patreon.com slash major spoilers. And I know you're thinking, oh, I'll let the other person who's listening to the show take care of it. No, if everybody had that approach, then we wouldn't have any new patrons. And we need more of you to step up. I'm asking you to step up and join our group for just five bucks a month, five bucks a month at the silver level membership at patreon.com slash major spoilers gets you access to a bunch of stuff. You get behind the scenes on what's going on at major spoilers. You get this show a week early and commercial free. So if you don't like our commercials, well, then get on the Patreon at the silver level membership. Plus you get access to secret channels on the major spoilers discord server, where you can go and talk about uh, critical hit and other things. You can Sign up at that silver level membership. Five bucks a month, just $5 a month. If we had 100, 200, 300, 1,000 of you, which there's more than 1,000 listeners to this show. If we had 1,000 of you sign up the silver level membership, we would be able to do so much more for you at Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers Podcast Network and here at Critical Hit. But you want a little bit more? Okay, at the gold level, $10 a month, you get access to the uh, Critical Hit character sheets. I'm rolling out the new character sheets right now on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers right now. You can see what changes have been made to Doc and to Dutch and in the coming weeks, Blisco and Valentino as well. You get access to our VIP live chat where once a month I give you, I sit down with you and answer your questions about what's going on at major spoilers. And most importantly, you get access to the GM roundtable. Now, what is the GM Roundtable? Some of you don't listen past the end. Uh, I talk about it every week. But the GM Roundtable in the past has been where we sit down and we tell you advice. We share advice with you on how to be a better game master at the table for you and your players. Currently, the GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu Edition is where I sit down with Dr. Bradley Will. You've heard him GM many games here on Critical Hit. And we talk about my plans for upcoming sessions, like... I know where the team is going next. And so I'll sit down with Brad and I'll say, well, here's my plan and here's my thoughts and here's some things that I'm going to throw at the players. And Brad will share his, uh, you know, very knowledgeable uh, reactions to this. Sometimes it gets a little heated. And so you really get an inside look at what's going on behind the scenes on this campaign. And you can take these lessons that I am learning as a uh, newish GM and you take the knowledge that Brad is sharing and you can apply it to your own games. So just at the $10 a month, that weekly or bi-weekly, depending on when we have uh, new episodes out, but generally weekly, 
They come out before new episodes of Critical Hit. You can get an inside look at what's going on in upcoming sessions. And of course, if you want your name as part of a Critical Hit uh, game, that happens when you become an associate producer at patreon.com slash major spoilers. So we had a whole episode entitled The Great NATO. The Great NATO is one of our great patrons. He's been with us almost since the beginning. And we love great, uh, the great NATO so much that we made a character in the game based on him. So now is the time. Now is the perfect time for you to head to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Sign up just for $5 a month, $5 a month. In fact, we've got a deal. If you sign up for a whole year in advance, you, you get two months free. You pay for 10 months and you get two months free. That's quite a deal. So $5 a month keeps this show going, brings you more entertainment and gets you access to a bunch of other stuff. So if you can take a moment, go to patreon.com slash major spoilers and sign up for that silver level membership, just $5 a month. And I thank you so much in advance from the bottom of my heart. And of course, all the players appreciate it too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Critical hit Punch All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story. So don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love and no disrespect is intended. morning of December 21st, the uh, curtains get pulled back in all of your rooms simultaneously at 7 a.m. Uh, the sun is starting to creep over the the hills of, of New York as a blanket of snow covers the entire area. It is a picture postcard winter scene. You all go downstairs to um, have breakfast. You all meet in there. There is breakfast served. Felipe is not there. Uh, Higgins informs you that he wanted to get out early and uh, uh, he took the he took the Rolls Royce into town for his uh, couple of things at the office that that uh, he needed to do, sign a couple of checks. And then he was uh, going to go and meet about this dinner banquet. Okay. So you are free to do whatever it is that you want to do today. Yeah, what do you guys want to do today? I do want, some, since we're staying, I want to uh, maybe do some shopping since uh, now I have to buy Christmas gifts for people. <laughs> mm, fair enough. Reasonable. Will they let me in the garage? <laughs> in our garage? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'll bet you even okay. money that right. there's You'll somebody to find down me. there who won't let you. All right. Before we go, we'll let uh, we'll let Blisco have a look at the uh, fleet. Yeah. So Blisco, you get out there to the garage. Uh, it's a separate building. Uh, it would at one time would have been an old carriage house. 
So it's got a lower level that has six bays, and then it's got like a living quarters upstairs where the chauffeur uh, lives. As he sees you approaching, he's coming down to greet you, uh, asking you if you need anything. And then when you explain to him you want to take a look at the cars, he gladly opens the door. And before you are like 12, this, this, this garage is deep. So that's two cars per bay. And these are some of the most luxurious cars that you have ever seen. Uh, does the chauffeur still stay there with me? Yeah. 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 He's in charge no. of the fleet. Just be let you steal something. dozens of questions. Okay. Every question you have, he will gladly answer. He uh, finds a kindred spirit in you. We probably have at least, we, we probably have like a little, like, you know, those like pill looking race cars. Mm-hmm. There's one of those. <laughs> yeah. But most of them are very fancy, you know, like high end. Yeah. Custom made Rolls Royce, Mercedes Benz, Daimler Chrysler. Or just Daimler at that time, I think. So, yeah. So all the fancy stuff. But there is a kind of a more group car that mm-hmm. the chauffeur is warming up for everyone because that's the one that can, can accommodate the most people. Can we take the Duesenberg? Nope. The, not Dang enough seats. Uh, <laughs> so you guys are able to drive a kind of more of a black limousine type car yeah. into town. Packard Super 8. <laughs> we should be really mean and not let this bus go drive. We should be like, I'll drive. <laughs> well, the, the chauffeur. Yeah, I figured the chauffeur was going to drive. Oh, that's a good call, too. Yeah, they're going to close but the cars. Blisco can definitely ride shotgun since he made a oh. new friend. And he definitely is. Quick, what's the chauffeur's name? Uh, the chauffeur's <laughs> name is uh, Dylan's. E-I-L-L-O-N-S. Okay. Dylan. Did you sleep well, sir? Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Dylan's. Good, good. How Where are you doing? Today, sir? I am doing well, sir. Right. Um, let's go. Let's go hit the stores. Very good, sir. So he drives you into town and again, takes probably 30 minutes to get to downtown to the stores and you end up at a uh, the first place is a, probably a Gimbel's or a Macy's. Okay. So first off, I want to I want to make sure this is clear. Touch definitely went into the safe and got some money out. Oh yeah, definitely. He does, yes. not, he does not have any money. Yes. Um, <laughs> probably though, in this town, you could probably just walk in and and say, "Bill, put it on credit." Yeah, put it on. You know, bill my father or whatever, and they would charge. Certainly, it. let you buy anything in the store. Sure. Well, he'll still take out some cash anyway, and if, uh, like, for example, they get to a place that has, like, a high cluster of stores, he mm-hmm. might just, like, give some money to Dylan's and be like, hey, get yourself uh, get yourself a decent lunch, huh? Oh, thank you, sir. And he looks at the $5 we'll here bill in a that you hours. gave him. Yeah. yeah, he looks at the $5 bill that you gave him and is just going into the, like, a cafe. Yeah. Um, you took out of the safe because your father keeps a lot of money in the safe. You yeah. took, um, again, a ridiculous amount of money. You took 1000 monies out of the safe. <gasps> Just a ridiculous amount. Yeah. That's a ridiculous amount. Now it's 2023. And I'm like a <laughs> thousand. I mean, I drove through Taco Bell today. A thousand dollars is about on target. Hey, things are expensive. 
<laughs> all right. So what 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 are you looking for? What are you shopping for? What are you guys what are you guys all looking for as you go shopping? Uh Dutch is definitely going to try and get um a, a tasteful gift for each of the guys, something for mom, something for dad, something for Felipe, and scoping out something for the staff, like something where he can like maybe get everybody like a small bottle of a fancy liquor or something. You know what I mean? Like where like he'll just get like the same thing for everyone and he'll just send yeah, maybe like a, later. I don't know, maybe like a silver letter opener for everyone or a silver. Yeah, or like a yeah, kind. like a silver like a silver yeah. ornament or yeah. something like that for the probably, like, yeah, for like the, a for small their trees. Probably small silver boxes. Would yeah, probably be the like most that. And because it's silver that, you know, has some, some value to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Something that's small, tasteful, but also like, like this is not something you would buy for yourself. This is something your rich rich boss is giving you. Yeah. Yeah. Snow globes. Everybody gets snow globes. Sure. (laughs) Rosebud. All right. Uh, So you do that. You all eat lunch somewhere. Probably one of the department stores has a restaurant in it, you know, a fancy sit down restaurant. Uh, that you can all sit in. And of course, that's the, you know, the executives are all coming in and they see that you're in the store and they're very excited. Uh, You know, the store manager or the store owner comes up and shakes your hand and is welcoming you back. Uh, Very glad. And he says loudly, it's good to see the Arbogast like the shop at Gimbal's. (laughs) And everybody, you know, kind of hears that and they're, ooh. And then later... Later, the owner of Macy's sees you browsing around. Oh, it's so good that the Arbogast shop at Macy's. Quality products, quality products at Macy's. And again, everybody around is like, ooh, yeah. Arbogast. You notice Watermelon suddenly candle. an uptick of Watermelon people who candle. are buying things. Sure. Uh, Dutch definitely does not fight any of this because, uh, like... Like, he also didn't earn it, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not like this is because of anything he's done. So whatever, if these guys sell more products through this, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Trade on the family name. It's no longer yep. anything he worries about. It's like, hey, this is like somebody else benefiting from our family name. That's fine. Doc sort of leans over and goes, the Harias family shops here as well, as do the Bliscos. Nobody gives a rat's ass. <laughs> yeah, in fact, the store owner just kind of looks at you like he's taken aback, like, oh my gosh. Oh, that's that's all right. He's with me. Oh, uh, very good, Mr. Arbogast. Oh, uh, yeah, yes, very, very good. And also, wait, is Blisco your last name? No. Okay. Yeah, Blisco like is Lat- not your last name. Latich. Latich? It's Latak? Latak? So we like none of us have ever said it. No, it's Polish. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I get it now. Do you guys buy anything? The rest of you do anything? Are you just like in tow and in awe and just yeah, let this guy do everything? And 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 Dutch will definitely be like, hey, if you guys, uh, if you guys see anything you like, just tell me. You know, new band for your hat. Probably a new, a new hat, actually. Oh, to sure. look out for a sturdy winter coat. 
Yep, definitely. Smart man. It actually just seems like a generally good idea for all of us right now. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Lisco might grab something for his mother. Okay. There are carolers on the street. There's slight snow falling. People are in good cheer. There's music coming from uh, outside. One of the department stores has hooked up a uh, speaker outside so people can hear the local radio station. You can you, you hear cars on the streets. Kind of sounds mm-hmm. <laughs> as people uh, go about their business. It's Christmas time in the city. Yeah. It is late afternoon, like late, late afternoon. You see a lot of the street lights have already come on because, you know, the sun, it's been cloudy. It's been snowy. Uh, it, the sun is is going down by four o'clock. All the street lights are on. It is, it's kind of dark. And oddly, the town seems less friendly at night. Sure. You see the bar lights go on, depending on which part of the town you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, once we're done shopping and and making a couple appearances, because it's like, oh, God. Well, now that I've shown up at Macy's, I kind of feel like I have to go to Roebuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see some high school chums. Yeah. They, they're all happy to see you. They want to pump you for questions. One of them tries to uh, uh, talk you into a business venture. As you're walking down the street, he's just walking with you. And is like, oh, Mr. Arvigast, uh, you remember me? It's uh, Timmy from school. And uh, uh, hey, listen, I've got this great idea for a business that is sure to make a lot of money. If I could just uh, bend your ear for a little bit and and maybe get a loan from you. And he just goes hey, on uh, and on and on. And it's pretty clear. Yeah, like, this, uh-huh. is a, this is yeah. not a business that he's interested that uh, is going to make you any money. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it does sound interesting. Why don't you call the house and uh, leave all the details with? Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he tips your hat, tips his hat to you. Have a great holiday, sir. Hey, you too. Say hi to the family. Yes, yes, I will. And then uh, as you're walking away, you can hear him turn to somebody else. I went to high school with that guy. <laughs> like, uh, like Dutch will be like, do you guys want to like grab a drink at a bar or do you just want to go back to the... I wouldn't mind a drink. This is this has been somewhat I don't mean to say overwhelming, but just it has well, been some thing. Two things. One, I totally get it. I I understand that if you're not used to this sort of thing, it can be overwhelming. So no uh, you're not hurting my feelings. And two we don't know that this same thing isn't going to happen at a bar, just so you're prepared. <laughs> Although at a bar, we're probably much more likely to find people who know my family, but aren't as happy with it. Hmm. Hmm. I'm sure if you offer a round, that'll smooth over any uh, ill will. Well, that's fine. I don't know that I don't want my family to not be seen in a bad light every once in a while. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, there is a lot of places you can go and drink. There's like super bad dive bars. There are uh, down by the canals. There are, you know, some some nice, uh, you know, neighborhood bars. There's some jazz clubs uh, that you can go to. There's, you know, pick pick what kind of bar you want Ooh. to go to and you can go there. Yeah, definitely a jazz club. Okay, so you go to a local jazz club, and it is, uh, it is very interesting. The moment you walk in, there's a small stage up front, and there's a 
a uh, female singer, a woman up there. She's singing. Her voice is just beautiful. Uh, she's got, there's a, a trumpet and an upright right um, bass and a piano and a drum. And they're all accompanying her and she's playing some beautiful music. There are people all around of uh, various uh, ethnicities, various um, uh, economic status. You, you can tell that there's people that have a lot of money, people that don't have very much money. And they've all come to listen to this music. And there is a bar uh, very well stocked in the back uh, that is that's selling alcohol. Yeah. Uh, Dutch is not going to throw money around here. Uh, but uh, those of you that have been paying attention We'll see that once he's in here, he's probably a lot more at ease. Somebody recognizes you right away, and he's like, oh, Mr. Arbogast, we have a seat right up here for you. And right, he takes you. you and your group over to the table, and you sit down, and you're fairly close to the stage. You're about a second row back from the stage. And this performer, she just, her voice is is great. Uh, it's been a while since you've heard jazz. Uh, obviously, jazz in France is starting to become very popular. Josephine Baker was, uh, it's a really a huge star in, in France, uh, at this time while you guys were over there. But, um, your ability, once you were in the military to go to a place that plays jazz is pretty slim. Yeah. And of course, nothing beats good American jazz. Yeah, it's great. And in between, you know, sets. So oh, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a break. Thank you, everyone. And there's some, there's some applause. There's at least one guy in the back, like, you know, cat call a whistle, woo, 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 you know, uh, kind of thing. And there's some laughter from, from that. Uh, and then it kind of gets quieted down, and you just hear some, some general uh, chatter around. You, you hear the table next to you. Um, the man is really trying to impress upon his date that uh it's cold outside and they should get home and warm up by the fire and mm -hmm. she's like no i can't he's like come <laughs> on baby uh you know that kind of stuff and then at another table you can hear somebody saying i'm telling you roosevelt is the worst he's the worst president that we've ever had i don't care about this public works nonsense he's not pulling this country out fast enough and then you hear another person is like yeah yeah i just wish the the socialist party would come in and take over this place and then you hear some other people going, oh, look, isn't that uh, Carlos Arbogast? Yeah, yeah, I think that's Carlos Arbogast. He hasn't been in town for a couple of years. Yeah, I heard his, he and his father had a fight and he fled the country. Oh, that's, uh, that's horrible. Uh, do you think he killed somebody? Why did he flee the country? I don't know. I think he took a lot of money and now his father's really mad at him. Oh, yeah, I can understand, you know, the Arbogast there. Uh, there's horrible people. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's probably uh, horrible as well. He's too stuck up. He didn't even buy this place a drink. And, you know, all that kind of stuff that continues to to go on. Just all sorts of things that you hear sure. um, as you're as you're sitting around. Yeah, this is the this is the part of the RPG where like uh, like Valentino separates from the party. Like we're not all <laughs> following him and you can walk around and talk to like press a at each individual person and yeah. hear what they're saying. Yeah. yeah, well, there's three or four tables around you and, you know, you can sure. you can pick up the chatter. So. Sure. It's a very mixed, a very mixed room. Even through that, Dutch seems a lot calmer than, or, you know, it's, like, it's not like he was like stressed out before, but there was definitely like a slight like stiffness to his back mm -hmm. this whole time. And here he's like, he's like, he has been in the past. Good. He's, he's himself again. Yeah. And the waitress comes up and she brings you drinks. 
Sorry, Doc, the alcohol here is uh, not as as tasty as the uh, as the collection that you've been drinking from at the Arbogast estate. But it's, you know, it's passable. As long it's as cheap. it's not going to knock me on the nose again. Oh, my. Let's find out, shall we? <laughs> let's roll a brawn plus resilience check. We'll only Steven, do a D1 on this one. Why are you going to be so mean? You guys have one momentum. <laughs> and now we have three momentum. There Ooh. you go. Three momentum. Yeah, this uh, it's not going to knock you on your butt. In fact, you're pretty sure that the bartender is watering this alcohol down quite a bit um, so that they can buffer their make, their profit make margin. It last. Make yeah. it last. There's a depression on. Yep. Although by 1939, uh, December, we're starting to officially come out of the depression. Uh, doesn't mean that uh, everything in the economy is back to normal, but, um, you know, they, they track the depression to the end of 1939. So, which people means are that still by about 1954, people actually realized mm. it was over. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, people are still watering down the drinks. Uh, there's cigarette girl walking around. If you ever want to, you know, if anybody needs to buy cigarettes, um, there's plenty of smoking in this establishment. Mm-hmm. You hear other people laughing like somebody just told a joke. Uh, you can see the mayor back in the corner. He's talking to to somebody back in the corner. They appear to be having a grand old time. This is a pretty dark room, so it's hard to make out a lot of of faces and, and that kind of stuff. Um, you can hear at, at one point the man and the woman that are sitting next to, to the table. Uh, they both get up and they're both giggling and laughing and holding hands as they put on their coats and, and leave the leave the bar. A couple of minutes later, a couple of other people are, are sitting down. It's like they they are kind of uh, very quiet for a while as the band comes back on and plays another song. What do you think of this jazz, Valentino? You're very quiet. Uh, it's certainly a uh, nice. Uh, you know, it's good to get a little bit of a different culture around here. Uh, definitely something that, you know, uh, my own family would uh, turn their nose up at. So I'm enjoying it and, might be seeing if there's uh, any food to be procured. I don't know that we've eaten in a while. Oh, sure. You can get a sandwich uh, brought oh, to your table. Yeah. It's nothing fancy. It's like ham and cheese. And it's literally just like two slices of white bread with um, a, a chunk of cheese and a chunk of ham. And that's if that's really what they have uh, for you for that. There's nuts, uh, too, I suppose. Um, any, any hopefully none of you are. Uh, no, not in this establishment. When, if I can, retroactively, when we decided that we were going to stay for a drink, I would have had Dylan's ask him to call hit, call the house and be like, we're not going to be there for dinner. Yeah, Higgins does step in very quickly, comes up to you, is like, I've been, or, I'm sorry, Dylan's comes up uh, and he goes, I've uh, talked to uh, Higgins. He said, that's fine. Um, Master Felipe also did not uh, make it back for dinner tonight. Okay. Out and, and about, he, I guess. Yes, I believe so. And then he um, he did drive himself. Uh, he slipped out early this morning before I had a chance to get the car warmed up for him. Okay. I'll That's be outside right. if you need anything, sir. And he. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go into this club. Why don't you find yourself some dinner, too? Oh, okay. okay. Thank you very good, sir. Thank you. I've still got plenty of money left over, so okay. no need to worry about me. And then, yeah. So, okay. yeah. Uh, Dutch is definitely, like... It's like, oh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, like, mellow jazz. Fine, fine, fine. Like, Dutch is waiting for, like, that 
drummer and trumpet player to start like yeah they scat yeah they like start really start good riffing stuff. like maybe while yeah. the singers like taking a little break <laughs> it's like oh yeah this is the stuff i like it's all like oh yeah it's it is really it's really good it is like ambrosia to mm-hmm. to music lovers yes you can go to europe and you can hear classical music and you can hear their take on jazz and you can hear you know uh just popular music that's on the radio but nothing beats this jazz music this is like everything that's happened to you over the last couple of months carlos has just been a huge stressor sure. and this this feels like you have attained a super centered place like yeah. you are so calm and so relaxed that if you could just stay here for days and just listen to this music and have this cheap alcohol and eat, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> crusty cheese sandwiches, uh, ham sure. and cheese sandwiches. This would be the life that you could live. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you hear, yeah, yeah, this music is not very good. We should leave. And the two people that have been sitting at the table next to you finally get up and, and walk out. That was, was that a German accent? Yeah, that was somebody that sounded German. It was hard to hear among uh, above sure. uh, all the music and everything, but it certainly sounded like German. And you definitely heard a yeah, yeah. This is this is terrible music. We should get out. Yeah, did we all hear it? Oh, well, I, I certainly. Um, Carlos was the closest to them, um, so maybe Blisco. Did you hear them? Probably. Was okay, doing right. the so same you... thing that uh, Carlos didn't give him a odd look. Yeah, it. Um, Oh, you did give them an odd look? Give Carlos an odd look. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. Yeah, the other the rest of you did not hear because the music is is pretty loud in here. Yeah, once they've like stood up and started walking away, Carlos will look back at them. Looks like two normal citizens. Sure. Of Albany, New York. Yeah. There's he'll, nothing special about them. Yeah, he'll just like shake his head and uh and you know, look at Blisco and be like, it's it's fine, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you know, as as like <laughs> the fact that all the stuff that has been going on is sort of like brought back. He'll like look over at uh, Valentina and be like, "You haven't seen anything while you've been here, have you?" Uh, no, I don't think I've seen anything uh, out the ordinary. Okay. Well, if you do, let me know. Don't. Uh... Don't be coy. Got it. Yeah. Music continues. Drinks are served. People come and go. Mayor gets up and he walks out with uh, somebody who's obviously not his wife that you mm-hmm. you recognize, Carlos. Classic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably won't stay too super late again. Out of like uh, respect for the fact that Dylan has to drive back. And also, somebody is awake at home waiting for them to come back, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, and he'll explain that. He'll be like, okay, so when you're rich, you cannot think about this stuff and nobody does anything. But also, you have to consider this stuff. Like, even if you tell them not to, somebody's going to be up waiting for you. So, we should should probably start heading back. Yeah, by the time you walk outside, uh, about an inch of new snow has fallen on the streets and the cars. And so there are plenty of footprints on the sidewalks. Uh, As soon as you walk out the door, Dylan sees you and he pops out and he's 
uh, obviously had the car running the entire time uh, to not only keep the car warm for when you enter, but also to keep himself from freezing uh, sure. because he's been out here the entire time. Uh, you all get in and uh, drive home. It is almost by the time you get home, 10 o'clock at night. And sure enough, there are lights on in uh, the manor. Yep. You go inside and again, as soon as you step up to the porch and are almost at the door, as you reach out to the handle, it opens up and Higgins is uh, standing there waiting for you. Good evening, sir. I'm glad that you are back. Hello, did Higgins. You have a good, did you have a good time? Yeah, it was a very productive trip. Thank you. Um, That's good. And we Dylan's, are uh, going to bring in the packages, I assume. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think that would be good. And very good. Um, yeah, maybe we'll. Maybe we'll take drinks again uh, in the library. Very good, around. sir. Might I inquire your excursions today? Did you run into Master Felipe? Uh, oh, no, I didn't. Is he not mm, back? I see, sir. He has not returned yet. Hmm. And he has not called. Okay. How, how unusual is this for Felipe? Pretty I'm guessing, unusual. actually, yeah. very unusual, because I haven't seen him in a couple of years, which means last time I saw him, he was just straight up a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was probably 11, 12 the last time you've seen him. So it's been four four years or so. So he's 16, yeah. 17. I mean, no, so we haven't uh, seen him. And this is not usual for him. He's usually home by 8 o'clock at the latest. Okay. Um. Well, maybe maybe we'll drive back into town real quick and see uh, see if he's about... Uh, very good, sir. Dylan's like, yes, sir. Uh, the car is still running. No, it's a bunch of packages down. He's like, no, Dylan's. You, if you don't mind, uh, let's finish. Uh, I'll let you finish taking this stuff back in. We'll take the uh, yeah, probably the same the car. Roadster. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take the a different car. <laughs> okay, just in case there's like trouble. I don't want my chauffeur to get shot. Uh, if there's trouble, sir, I should be there to protect you. That's hilarious. You are, you are an Arbogast. It's all right. Uh, I've been uh, driven around enough. Of course, I'm still going to be driven around because I'm going to let Blisco drive. But <laughs> uh, Do you think that Master Felipe is in any kind of danger, sir? Should I alert the police? Um, I'll tell you what, let me do a quick round, and if I don't find them, I'll call the police. Very good, sir. Higgins, I know you're not going to listen to me, but you do not have to wait up for us. I will endeavor to stay awake until you return, sir. All right, yep, all right. Um, might I suggest, and he kind of looks around to make sure nobody else is listening, Dylan's is kind of sitting there, and Dylan's will keep quiet on this, I'm sure, but... If you expect trouble, your belongings, your hunting gear might be something you would take with you. That's a good call, Dylan's. Actually, uh, we'll let the let's uh, come back into the house for a bit and uh, we'll let the guests get whatever they need out of their bags. Yes, I took the opportunity of putting things away and that's when I discovered them. I'm sorry if I've intruded in did anything nope. improper? 
That's all right, Higgins. We should have uh, established some ground rules before. That was my mistake. I haven't been back in this side of opulence for a while. Understood, sir. The big flashy gun, though, did look rather interesting. Oh, I'm sure, but uh, do yourself a favor. Don't tell anybody about that. Yes, sir. My lips are sealed. And I do mean... And I do mean... Nobody. Right? This is for... Safety. Mm, I understand, sir. Um, okay. Yep, we'll go in and gear up. Okay. I'm probably just gonna take a handgun. I'm not, uh... I'm not gonna take, like, a full-on rifle. Not gonna take a rifle? Okay. Uh, your family does have a collection of guns. Uh, yeah. Carlos, so if you wanted to dual wield with two handguns, you can. And certainly anybody else can as well, if they like. Yeah, you'll be like, uh, there's other guns here, if you guys are looking for anything in particular. Yeah, you would need to go down into the basement where there's an armory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's a, quite a collection of guns. A lot of handguns, a lot of antique guns, rifles, hunting rifles. Uh, there's weaponry from the First World War. Uh, there, you know, this is probably at once was a private armory of guns for, like, hunting on the grounds. But it's pretty clear when you go down there and you start to see how the, how uh, John Arbogast, uh, Carlos's father, has arranged the room. It is almost like a museum of war that you can yeah. just see this progression from, you know, old guns from the revolutionary war. And as everything progresses, as you walk down this lengthy uh, armory that probably runs a hundred feet, at least uh, you see weapons that are taking you all the way up to the current time period, including stuff from world war one. Uh, you see gas masks, those kinds of things. Yep. Uh, Dutch probably doesn't think about this room. Like, he doesn't think about the fact that this room is weird or any weirder than all the other rooms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it probably is weird to the others. Um, So he's, like, just, like, going around looking for ammo. And he's like, oh, this is my old hunting rifle. Like, And he just, like, he points at the stock. And he's like, see this chip? That was my tooth. (laughs) And he, like, yeah, he, like, pretends like he's holding the rifle. He doesn't take it off of the rack. But it's, like, yeah, instead of, like, and he shows them that instead of having the butt up against his shoulder, he had, like, the rifle up too far. And then just definitely just, like, kabonked himself in the face when he shot it. And he's, like, yep, I had an identical chip on my tooth uh, until the very fine Albany dentists uh, were able to fix that. Well, maybe it's best as a... The lesson you learned before you got to basic, huh? Uh, yeah, definitely. I remember learning that. Yep. I was bruised for a week the first time I shot a rifle. Yep. But yeah, ha ha ha, down uh, memory lane in this room of death. <clears throat> <laughs> um, I think uh, when we were talking of coats, I think Doc probably specifically tried to pick a coat large enough that one might be able to Put one's shotgun in a place where it doesn't look like oh, one is obvious. Sure. So like, so like, um, trench coats are super, super common for everybody to wear. Yeah. Uh, so a long, a long coat is, is not uncommon to be worn. And certainly under a long coat, you can 
have a sawed-off shotgun, and unless you're carrying something that is obviously a rifle rifle, mm-hmm. uh, the Faux Seeker, for example, um, all of that stuff can be concealed under under coats. Perfect. So, shotgunning under the coat. Okay. Blisco, are you going to take the Faux Seeker? Yeah. Take the faux seeker. Also, grab an extra handgun just to. Okay. If we have to do well, something more public. Well, here, let me get you. Actually, he probably like. Does he have like a case or like a sack for it? For the faux seeker? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You. That's yeah. how you guys have been moving yeah. around all this time. Things have been bundled up in bags. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that guy only comes out in. Code green emergencies. Absolutely. Put it in a trombone case. <laughs> and tell him. I, actually, uh, I ass- I kind of assumed that that's what we had been doing is that the foe seeker had been taken apart so that, like, you know, it wasn't obvious that it was necessarily a weapon. Nah, I mean, people aren't really checking bags, especially this at this stage. Um, yeah. Uh, that they're not they're not checking bags, and after you pass the security check in Switzerland, they don't really. You know, nobody yeah, really there was cares. no reason to do it. Yeah, yeah. and you've yeah. been on a military transport and they've been told not to to stay out of your bags. So, you know, these look like hunting, you know, for the most part, all the guns that you brought with you are in hunting rifle uh, cases, uh, you know, fabric bags in, in many cases or just a duffel bag in the case of the Faux Seeker. So, yeah, there's no no problem. You know, uh, yep. people have not seen this. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, we'll let Blisco pick a car and we'll head towards the community hall. Blisco's definitely gonna, like, go to a couple of the more high-end cars real quick, shake his head, and then go to something somewhat less conspicuous. Surprisingly, there is a... a, town car. Yeah, yeah, there is a town car that is very low quality compared to all the rest of these cars that are in here, and it's clear that this is a car that is meant for the staff to use. Perfect. The yeah. staff car. Yeah, it's like when, they, when we send them shopping downtown. This mm-hmm. is the car. It's like they have to go shopping, collect collect uh, mail. You know, just do do tasks that they have to run into town. This one is one that will definitely hold all of you, and hopefully one more. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, definitely this one would easily be able to seat six people: three in the front, three in the back. All right. Well, I'll take shotgun this time. Okay. I'm sorry. I already have the shotgun. All right. Well, okay. Since you do have the shotgun, you can ride shotgun. <laughs> All right. Uh, you start at the car and it, you know, even though it is a lesser quality car, Blisco, this car still runs perfectly. Uh, Dylan's not only is the chauffeur, he's probably the mechanic and the person who details the car. And because you two were sharing uh, such uh, friendship and kinship over the automobiles, you know that Dylan's is making sure that this car is running just as good, if not better, than some of the other other cars. Blisco's slightly less upset about not getting to drive the real fancy stuff. We'll be here a while. I mean, it would sure be it sure would be awful if you wrecked a one of a kind car because <laughs> you're having a shootout of some kind. What? Uh, okay, so where where are you headed to? Uh we'll go we'll start out at the community hall, which was the place where he was supposed to be going. Okay. Um, you guys want to say anything as you're driving? Uh, just to keep an eye out for him because you just, you know, like potentially he could be walking back if he got stranded or mm-hmm. something. 
You, know, you do so. see a few people out on the streets, but it's getting pretty late. Um, you pass yeah. a, a cop car uh, that's just kind of idling in an alley, um, you know, just looking for ne'er-do-wells this late in the evening. Uh, but it's it's pretty late. The streets are relatively deserted. There's still people out, you know, celebrating some holiday cheer at the bars. Yeah. But for the most part, there is nothing going on. But as you drive closer down uh, town, you do see some buildings still have their lights on. And you see looming uh, towards the uh, main part of town, just across the street from the city hall, you see the massive uh, civic center or community center of Albany, New York. Critical Hit Punch Hall Nazis is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment and was produced and edited by me, Stephen Schleicher. If you'd like to get a behind-the-scenes making of this episode, be sure to check out the GM Roundtable Octum Cthulhu Edition at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Each week I discuss my plans for the upcoming game session, and Dr. Brad Will is there to share his reactions and advice on how to be a better game master. I will warn you, though, there are spoilers galore in every installment of the GM Roundtable Octum Cthulhu Edition. So... If you don't like spoilers and don't want to know what I am planning next, don't listen to these episodes. Though, I will say, if you do listen, you'll be able to see how and where the players throw a wrench into my plans, and you're also going to have greater insight into the world that's being built into this campaign. This week, we didn't have any named NPCs, so no shoutouts to our associate producers this week, but next week, we'll feature a lot of surprises, and more than a few of our wonderful patrons will become NPCs in this game. You want your name to appear as one of these NPCs in future episodes? All you need to do is become an associate producer at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Finally, we want you to record yourself doing your best on Critical Hit and send it to us at podcast at majorspoilers.com and your voice will join the growing chorus of fans in upcoming episodes as well. Thank you again for listening this week and here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.